Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. I want to take a look at this morning the goodness of God. I want to just dive in. I have, I have some scriptures that I want to... I just want to dig around a little bit in the scripture with the goodness of God. What does it mean that God is good? We you know we sing this song, God is so good. You can sing with it. God is so good. Let me hear you. God is so good. He's so good to me. Amen. We sing that song about the goodness of the Lord. He is a good God. What does it mean that He is good? It's talking about the, when we talk about the goodness of the Lord, we're talking about the perfection of His nature, that He is absolutely perfect, that He is the highest of all good. 1 John 1.5 says that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all, that He is perfect goodness. The goodness of God is the love of God expressed towards us. God is love, and His goodness is the expression of that love to you and I. For example, if I love someone, I'm going to show them my love by the good works and the good words, the good actions that I do towards them. And so God shows us His love and His goodness. He is absolutely perfect in his goodness. You cannot subtract or add to his goodness. He is always at the highest goodness. He is the God of all goodness. Amen. Thomas Manton said this, he is originally good, good of himself, which nothing else is. For all creatures are good only by participation and communication from God. He is essentially good, not only good, but he is goodness itself. The creature's good, our good, is a superadded quality. In God, it is his essence. The essence of God is good. We have to have the goodness of God deposited into us, given to us by God. But he is infinitely good. The creature's good is but a drop, but in God there is an infinite ocean or a gathering together of good. He is eternally and immutably good. In other words, God's goodness never changes. It's infallible. It's immutable. It never changes. It will not fail. For he cannot be less good than he is, as there can be no addition made to him and no subtraction from him. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. <laughs> when we face the days in which we live, what is our response to the, the craziness in our world right now from trucks running people over and the mass shootings and and just the sinfulness of man when you see the expression of the sinfulness of man what is our response you know I can stand up here today and I can and I can give you all of the great points of how to be a better Christian and how to be a better you and and talk you through how to respond to racism how we ought to respond to the sinfulness of man but to me, I would rather magnify the Lord. I would rather take a look at the goodness of God today. That is our response. When we see the ugliness and the sinfulness of man, let us dive again into the ocean depths of the goodness of God and begin to discover again how good He is. When man is evil, when man is full of sin, let's take a look at the goodness of of God. Let's dive again and say, God, it's not, we know this world's messed up. We know this world is full of sin. We know this world is fallen and it's only going to get worse. But our hope is not found in what people do or say or the actions of man, but our hope is in Christ alone. And in his goodness, we find our solid rock. In his goodness, we find our stability. In his goodness, we find comfort in the time of the storm. So I want to take a look today at the goodness of the Lord. Charles Spurgeon says this, When others behave badly to us, it should only stir us up the more heartily to give thanks unto the Lord, because He is good. And we ourselves are conscious that we are far from being good. <laughs> when I know I should do good, I do evil. We should only... the 
or ever reverently bless him that he is good. We must never tolerate an instance of unbelief as to the goodness of the Lord. Whatever else may be questioned, this is absolutely certain that Jehovah is good. So I want to take a look at the goodness of the Lord. Are you ready this morning? I'm going to give you, we're just going to walk through some scriptures. So maybe jot these scriptures down and uh, we'll just see where the Lord goes and how this, how this all plays out. But in Exodus 33 in verse 19, we'll, we'll start there. You might, you might remember this passage of scripture. Moses is saying, God, we can't go without your presence. God, don't send us without your presence. And he prays a dangerous prayer. He prays this dangerous prayer to God. He says, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Have you ever asked the Lord to show you his glory? Lord, would you come in the middle of this situation and show me your glory? God, would you come on the scene in the midst of my life and show me your glory? Woo! Every, the glory of the Lord will leave you undone. The glory of God will, will mess up, rearrange the furniture of your life. Matter of fact, Mo, God said to Moses, you can't see my glory. I'm going to put my hand over your face. You're going to see the backside. This is what Exodus 33 verse 19 says. Then he said, I will make all, everybody say all, all of my goodness. All of my goodness, I will make all of my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. The glory of the Lord is connected here, we see, to the name of the Lord. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Everybody say the name Jesus with me this morning. Jesus. I want to say it again. Jesus. 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 All of a sudden you say the name Jesus and the Holy Ghost comes. You say Jesus and the glory of the Lord comes. His goodness is associated with his name. Acts 4.12 says that there is no other name under heaven given to man by which we must be saved. The power of the goodness of God is identified in the person of Jesus Christ. In Philippians 2.9, it says there's no other name given. There's no other name given, this mighty name of Jesus, that at this name every knee will bow. At, this, at the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess. At the name of Jesus, no matter your circumstance, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what name might name itself, that ugly person that you work with, or the disease that might be happening, or the circuit, name the name of Jesus, and the goodness of God will come on the scene. Jesus was the personification of the goodness of God. In the essence, in the person of Jesus Christ is the complete goodness expressed of the Father in Jesus. Wow, what a, what a, what a, what a personification. That God anointed Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing what? Good, Peter said in Acts. He is the goodness of God expressed to us in a person. Just name the name of Jesus over your life. Just begin to say, if you don't know what else to say, just say the name Jesus and the goodness of the Lord will begin to be displayed in your life. The glory of the Lord will come and begin to transform the situation of your life. Song of Solomon says that your name is like oil poured forth. Oh, let the oil of heaven just get all over you today as you say the name Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I will pass before you and show you my glory, God told Moses. Maybe you remember Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth. He was an uneducated plumber, couldn't read. The only thing he could read was the Bible, Couldn't, and it had to be the King James Version. It was the only thing he could read. Wasn't able to read the newspaper, wasn't able to do, he was uneducated. And they said that in one of his meetings, somebody brought a dead man into one of the meetings. Wigglesworth had a reputation for raising the dead. And so the dead, they brought the dead into one of his meetings. And they all gathered around the dead body and began to say the name of Jesus. 
Jesus, 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 <laughs> Jesus. You get happy just saying the name Jesus, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus, Jesus. And that dead body came to life as they begin to say the name of Jesus. Today, the glory of God, the goodness of God is associated with the name of Jesus. This was God's response in Exodus 34, verse 6. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness. The goodness of the Lord overflowing in the person of Jesus Christ today. He wants to overflow. He's abounding for you. The goodness of the Lord is abounding. It's overflowing. It's an ocean limitless for you to dive in and explore the depths of the goodness of God. Woo! I'm getting happy whether you will or not. The goodness of God. I thank the Lord for His goodness. It's His goodness and His mercies that are new every morning. It's by His goodness that I am not consumed. Thank you, Lord. In Psalms 34 and verse 8. I love this verse. It says, Oh, taste. Oh, taste. <laughs> Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the Lord who trusts in Him. He's good. David explores the goodness of God by comparing Him to foods that we've never tasted before. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. David here is saying, he's describing the Lord, that he's good. He's, he's identifying a description here that he's good. But, but more than just a description that the Lord is good, he's defining that the nature of God is good. But more than just defining the nature, he's saying you have to know the goodness of God by experience. You see, he tastes so good that, that just me telling you that he's good isn't good enough. Just me telling you about the goodness of God isn't good enough. I can stand up here all day and tell you scripture after scripture about the goodness of God. But at some point, you have to belly up to the table and take a bite of the big juicy steak yourself. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to get up to the table of the Lord and feast on his goodness for yourself. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, I, I like, you know, I like gumbo. But I, you know what I, I really like? And everybody's looking at me saying gumbo. You know, why gumbo? I love gumbo. We're from New Orleans. I love gumbo. But more than gumbo. More than gumbo, I like crawfish bisque. Ooh. Man, you can't go wrong with a good crawfish bisque. There's nothing like a good crawfish bisque. Yeah, some good Tabasco. Who said that? Brother Larry. Yeah. You're with me. He knows what I'm talking about. Mmm. Spicy. Spicy. Ain't the better. You know, you can you can eat you can eat see you can eat that, that bisque. You can you can eat it when it's raining outside. You can eat it when it's snowy outside. You can eat it when it's summer outside. You can eat crawfish bisque anytime you want to, and it's good. You can feast on it anytime you want to. And it's good. Get you some good old French bread to go along with it. And you just dip. Slap your mama. It's good. I mean, it doesn't get any better. Taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The goodness of the Lord does not change based on the scenery of your life. The goodness of the Lord doesn't change because you're having a rough day. The goodness of the Lord doesn't change because you've got sickness going on. The goodness of the Lord doesn't change because life is happening. Life is going to happen. But the goodness of the Lord you can feast on any season, any time, any situation. Oh, just pull up to the table and feast on the goodness of the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus said in John 6... 
I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live and be satisfied forever. Eat and feast on the goodness of the Lord. You can be satisfied on God. Feast on Him. He is the satisfaction of your life. Don't push away from the table. Jonathan Edwards talks about feasting on God. This is what Jonathan Edwards says. He says, Persons need not, ought not, need not and ought not to set any bounds to their spiritual and gracious appetites. Instead, they ought to be endeavoring by all possible ways to inflame their desires. Amen. You need to inflame your appetite this morning. That's what preaching of the word does. It ought to inflame your appetite. All I'm doing this morning is I'm just, I'm just trying to get you into a place of your appetite being stirred. It's up to you whether or not you eat. It's up to you whether or not you drink this morning. And to obtain more spiritual pleasures, our hungerings and thirstings after God and Jesus Christ after holiness can't be too great for the value of these things, for they are things of infinite value. Therefore, endeavor to promote spiritual appetites by laying, I love this, by laying yourself in the way of allurement. (laughs) Are you putting yourself in a place of allurement today? There is no such thing as excess in our taking of this spiritual food. There is no virtue in temperance and spiritual feasting. In other words, you can have as much as you want and then some. Eat until you're full and share it with your neighbor. Overflow. Share and eat and feast on the goodness of the Lord. That word allurement. This is an interesting word that Edwards uses here. That word allurement means the quality of being mysteriously attractive or fascinating. You know, you're not very attractive or fascinating. (laughs) It's not about your, your, you're just full of the ugliness of the world, you ugly thing. Edwards isn't talking about something that, that God is attracted to in you. He's talking about us being attracted to something in God. He's talking about placing ourselves in the way of allurement, meaning that we place ourselves in a position to be allured by God. You know... In New Orleans, fishing's a big thing. Maybe it is up here. Any fishermen here this morning? Anybody fish? Fisher ladies or fishermen? <laughs> when you go fishing, what do you do? You got to put a lure. You got to put a lure on the end of that thing. And that little shiny plastic or metal goes out in the water, and that fish is swimming around. He's swimming around, and he sees them. A lure. And he goes and he locks onto that lure and you catch yourself a fish. That fish put himself in a place of allurement. He put himself in a position, or she, whichever, it could be a she fish too. Put themselves, I don't want to offend anybody. Put themselves in the place, I've probably already done that though. Put themselves in the place of allurement to be caught. We've got to place ourselves in a position of allurement where we get caught in the goodness of God. We get caught in His glory. We get wrapped up. And we don't mind being wrapped up. You know, it's funny. You can watch people at the altar. You know, that's why having hands laid on you and the altar ministry is so powerful. It's placing yourself in a position of allurement. Here I am, Lord. I've got my, I, I'm just waiting to get caught up in your goodness. I'm, just, I'm expecting that I'm going to get caught up in your goodness. I want to get lost. I want to get absolute, absolutely annihilated in the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Nahum 1.7 Maybe you're facing a difficult circumstance today. Maybe life is happening around you. 
Nahum chapter 1 verse 7 says this, The Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And He knows those who trust Him. Our God is good and He's a stronghold. He's a place of refuge. He's a place of safety in the days of trouble of your life. His goodness for you is perfect. It's exactly what you need in the storm. He is a place of safety for you, a safe place. And when you begin to name the name of Jesus, we talked about, when you begin to step in to the goodness of the Lord, He becomes a safe haven, a refuge. He begins to change the atmosphere, the goodness of God. When you begin to recognize and thank the Lord for His goodness, instead of being discouraged, instead of being fearful, instead of being filled with anxiety or depression or worry. Anybody hear what I'm saying this morning? All of a sudden, the goodness of the Lord comes. God, you've got this. God, I'm resting in you. You're a safe place for me. You're a refuge for me in the time of storm. You've got this. You've got it covered. First Chronicles 16, verse 34. We find David out with the ark. Remember, he's trying to get the ark back to Jerusalem. And when the ark came back in, they started singing the psalm of David. And this was part of that psalm. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. You just say that a few times over your life, and you can't help but getting happy. You can't help but the joy of the Lord to be stirred up on and say it until you hit bottom. You know, sometimes you just got to get past all the bedrock. You've, you've had so many Philistines throw rocks in your well, your, your well, your spiritual wells filled up with rocks. The Philistines have come and dumped their rocks in your life. They've said ugly things about you. Life has happened and you've got rocks stopping you up. And so you need the joy of the Lord to come rotor-rooter those things out. Get you flowing again. You need Isaac. Isaac came and he dug again, the Bible says, the wells of his father. Laughter comes. That's why we... The joy of the Lord. That's why you need the laughter of the Lord, the joy of heaven to fill your life. Get those rocks out. The, the goodness of the Lord. You become aware of the goodness of God in your life. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. It doesn't matter what they say or think. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. It doesn't matter what my bank account looks like. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Amen. A couple hundred years later, in the book of Ezra, Ezra chapter 3, they're laying again the, the foundation of the temple. They're rebuilding the temple. And this is what they sing. They picked up an old chorus. They picked up an old chorus. You see, there, there are some things that you can sing and they carry, they carry an anointing. They carry the, the glory of years gone by. It doesn't mean that we get lost in nostalgia. Don't get me wrong. They weren't being nostalgic. Oh, no. They weren't being nostalgic. They were reminding themselves of the goodness of the Lord. Hello. They were reminding themselves of the goodness of the Lord. And they, this is what Ezra 3.11 says. And they sang responsively. What does that mean? They kept echoing back and forth. They were singing. The, the choir leader was singing the phrase and they would echo back. They were singing responsively. And praising and giving thanks to the Lord. Now, this wasn't, this wasn't a religious exercise. You know, we, you know, in the Northeast, I realize you, you start talking about responsive singing, and all of a sudden you start thinking liturgical. We got, to re, you know, we got our service order in front of us, and we got to, you know, oh, then everybody, oh, you know, whatever. That's not what I'm talking about. This wasn't a religious exercise. Matter of fact, it became a Holy Ghost spontaneous worship. <laughs> became, <laughs> uh -huh, yeah, it became a spontaneous worship break. You know, they, they got their dance on. They got their... It's okay. They sang responsively, praising and giving... I'm, I'm telling you what happened before I read it. I should read it. Praising and giving thanks to the Lord. For He is good and His mercy endures forever toward Israel. For He is good 
And they just kept singing that back and forth. <laughs> Let's try that this way. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. For he is good and his mercy endures forever. He is good and his mercy endures forever. What happened? <laughs> And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house was laid. A spontaneous praise. Come on, just praise Him this morning. Hallelujah, you're good, Lord. And your mercy endures forever. You're good, God. <laughs> Lord, when I was lost in my sin, Your goodness found me. Lord, when my life was a mess, Your goodness found me. Hallelujah. <laughs> There's nothing too difficult for you, Lord. The goodness of the Lord. <laughs> Psalms 27. I, <laughs> I'm getting happy this morning. <laughs> if you leave depressed this morning, it's your fault. <laughs> Psalms 27.13 says, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. Have you ever lost heart before? Have you ever been discouraged before, ever wanted to throw in the towel and quit? David wanted to quit. He was running for his life. I'm done. These people are horrible. I regret the day that you ever... Who was Samuel and why did you send him to me, God? This was that. He was a lunatic prophet. Why did you ever send him to anoint me king? You have the wrong man. I would have, less, I would have lost heart. Unless, unless, unless I had believed that I would have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Yeah, there's, yeah, I can, I <laughs> I can step through, I can step through the problems of this life. I can, I can step through the issues and the, the, the disheartening things of this life and begin to step into a world that's breaking through right now. I can step through into the realities of heaven. I can go in into that wardrobe <laughs> and step into a whole nother world like the Narnia Chronicles. I can, I can go into the place of His glory and into the place of His goodness. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. But but no, I'm not going to lose heart today. I'm not going to be one of those, as Hebrews says, that shrinks back and are destroyed. I'm going to get caught up in the goodness of God. I'm not going to get caught up in life. I'm not going to get caught up in the circumstance. Yeah, reality might be happening around me, but I'm lost in the goodness of the Lord. I have been captivated. I've been captured by the goodness of God today. In the land of the living. There's, there is a land, there's a land of the living beyond this world, but there is a land of the living you can have in this world. You don't have to wait till the next world. Well, I'm just trying to make it through. You can go to heaven and be as cranky as you want to be. Or you can be, you, maybe. Or you can go to heaven. I don't know. God might, you might step up to the pearly gates. God said, no, you're too cranky. You got to go back. <laughs> I don't have cranky people in heaven. Heaven's a joyful place. I'm lost in the goodness of the Lord. I can get captivated by His goodness. Psalms 52.1 says the goodness of God endures continually. Psalm 65.11, I love this. You crown the year with your goodness and your paths drip with abundance. Woo! <laughs> yes, Lord. Every 365 days a year. Every seven days a week. He crowns your day with goodness. He crowns your life with goodness. From the minute that I was conceived, He crowned me with goodness. From the moment that I was born, He crowned me with goodness. From the minute that I got born again, He crowned me with goodness. When I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, He crowned me with goodness. Every day of my life has been crowned with the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Psalms 31.19 says, How great is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you. He has stored up goodness for you. You haven't even begun to scratch the surface of His goodness. You've tasted maybe 50, 60, 70 years or however long you've been born again, however long you've been walking with the Lord. doesn't matter how long. There is stored up goodness for you. You're not finished yet. You're not finished yet. There's goodness of God to still experience in your life. He's not done with you. Amen. Amen. 
The goodness of God in the life of the believer is the life of the believer's trust. It is the excellency in which God most appeals to our hearts. It is His goodness. It's because that His goodness endures forever that we will not be discouraged. The goodness of the Lord. Romans chapter 2. I love this. Romans chapter 2. If you haven't gotten happy yet, and you're still waiting for your moment to experience the joy of the Lord, I give you permission (laughs) that this verse might make you happy. If it doesn't, you need to check your salvation. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, his forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? (laughs) The goodness of God. (laughs) The good, I can't see, but that's okay. The goodness of God. (laughs) The goodness of God. I don't need to see you. I think I can see God. The goodness of God. The goodness of God has led you to repentance. When I was lost in my sin, when I was living in sin, when I was living under the bondage and the curse of the sin of my past and my life, the goodness of the Lord led me to repentance. The goodness of God met justice at the cross. The goodness of God met the justice of God at the cross. When when the justice of God demanded that you be penalized, when the goodness and when the justice of God demanded, when the justice of God demanded that you be the sacrifice, when the justice of God demanded that you be the one that die for your sins. When the justice of God demanded that 100% of the wrath of God be poured out on you for your sin, the goodness of God said, wait. The goodness of God said, pause. I'm going to step onto that cross for them. I'm going to become the propitiation for The goodness met the justice. And what happened? Psalms 23. Surely, surely, (laughs) goodness and mercy (laughs) shall follow me all the days of my life. (laughs) Woo, let me, let me, let, let me help you. Yeah, let me help you. Come here. Come here. Come up here. I'm going to, I'm going to help you. I want you, in case you're not understanding this, you're going to be. Brandon the Christian. You're going to be Tim the, sin, the sinful man. The sinful. You're, you're the curse. You're the law. You're the curse. Everywhere he goes, I want you to follow him. Go. Walk. Everywhere he goes, sin goes. Just keep going. Wherever you want to go, because you're just walking. Now, I'm going to be the goodness of God. The goodness of God overtakes you and leads you to repentance. Repent. And then what happens? Walk. Goodness, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Thanks. You don't have... Thanks, guys. thought I was going to have to take sin out there for a moment. You don't have to keep carrying around the guilt of your past. Stop allowing the curse to follow you everywhere you go. Goodness met the curse. Galatians says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, stop it. (laughs) 
You know, the, the easiest thing for you to do would be to just get absolutely intoxicated on the goodness of God. That's all I got to say about that. Luke chapter 2, verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest! <laughs> Peace on earth! That's what they did, the angels. Glory, in case you were sleeping, the angels showed up. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest! And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. In other words, what they were saying, the goodness of God has been directed toward men. When men deserve judgment, when they deserved punishment, when they deserve the wrath of God, goodness has been directed to you. God does not hate you. He hates sin. But if God so loved the world, are you in that? Have you been chosen by God to declare His glory? Has He been orchestrating the poema, the, the, the handiwork, Ephesians 2.10, the masterpiece of your life? Then the love of God is chasing you, overtaking you, the goodness of the Lord. Remember, the goodness of God, the expression. It is the expression of the attributes of His love towards you. Psalms 119.68 says, You are good and do good, and you teach me your statutes. You know, God just doesn't leave you alone after you get born again, after He breaks the curse of sin off of your life. He doesn't leave you. He follows you with His goodness, and His goodness, every step you go. Come here, Brandon. Every step you go. Walk. Um, I would go left. Make a left. Stop. Okay, so that left that you just took back there, look back, see that? Had you gone that way, would not have been good. Now I'm going to tell you to go right, but you go straight. Okay, keep walking. Go right. Up, up. Hey, hey, I told you. Now see what's going to happen because you went this way. It's not going to be good. So you can keep going and be stubborn and rebellious, and you'll find out where that goes. Or you can be good. Goodness, the goodness of God compels us to go the way. Thank you. He doesn't leave us on our own. His goodness teaches us His statutes. His goodness tells us, directs our steps. And tells us as we go what we need to know from every experience along the way. He teaches us. He takes out our stony heart and places within us a heart of flesh and writes His statutes on our heart. If you're letting, the goodness of the Lord is right there to teach you through every step of the journey. Now, you can be rebellious. See where that gets you. You can be stubborn. See where that gets you. But the goodness of the Lord is still following you. And at some point, the goodness of the Lord is going to catch up with you, and you're going to realize, you know what? I've been pretty foolish trying to do this on my own. I've got the goodness of the Lord every step of the way. Every, every step of this journey, the goodness of the Lord's been following me. Even when you, you know, I was having this conversation with some, I think it may have been y'all, I don't know. I was having a conversation with someone recently. And you know, you can, you can have the hand of God in your life. And maybe you've done this before, the hand of God in your life. And you go to the bar or you go someplace you shouldn't. And people around you are looking at you. Why are you here? You don't belong here. You're different. Why are you? What's going on with you? You hang out with your sinful friends or family. Now, I'm not condoning you need to go to the bar. I'm just saying, you know, if you've ever been there in your past where you were trying to run and be rebellious and then people start noticing, something's different about you. You're hanging out with your sinful family. Something's different about you. Work. Something's different. Why? The goodness of the Lord's on you. The goodness of God's on your life. There's something different about you. Amen. Psalms 107. Are you all getting tired already? Psalms 107 says, here, here we go again. Psalms, David's, David's psalm. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. If you've been redeemed, you've experienced the goodness of the Lord, you need to open up your mouth. And I'm convinced you cannot experience the goodness of the Lord and not open up your mouth. 
If you're experiencing the goodness of God in your life on a daily basis, there is an overflow of that encounter, of that experience. It overflows in your life. Ephesians chapter 1. Let's go there. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to wrap up with this. Grace, y'all can come back. Talking about the goodness of the Lord. Just lift your hands with me this morning. Lord, we want to taste. We don't want to just talk about the goodness. Lord, we we want to taste of the goodness of heaven. Lord, we want your goodness to overflow in our life. We want your goodness to overflow in us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, when I I was in China, talk about the goodness of the Lord. You've got people who have never tasted, never experienced, never, ever. Their parents... One of, one, of the, one of the families, one of the girl, those two girls I showed you, they're twins. One of, both of them were on staff at the ministry. One of them had to quit because the mom told them, I don't want you going to that church. I don't want you involved. We don't do that. And I'm going to go tell the government on them and make sure the government knows everything that you're doing, trying to get the ministry closed down threatened her. She thought it was a threat. The mom actually had gone to the government. The mom, the mom went to her previous employer to find out what the address, name of the ministry, everything was, so she could go to the government with all the facts. I mean, she did her homework to try to shut them down. And yet, in the middle of all of that, I mean, we, we can't come to church on a Sunday, but she's being threatened with being arrested and being questioned by the government and, is, and, and has has been questioned. And you know, when we say questioned by the government too, let me just pause, you may think, you know, one or two officials show up in black suits and say, oh, hi, let me ask you some, no. When the government shows up and they start questioning you, it's a multi-agency effort. The religious bureau has no authority to arrest or do anything. So what they do when they show up, it would be like here in the States, it would be like the FBI, the DEA, ICE, CIA, all of them showing up at your doorstep. And they bring police cars, they bring everybody, and they come and they say, come with us. This isn't a nice thing. And if there's any foreigners, they question your visa, they do all, they do all of it. You can be blacklisted and not allowed back in the country. I mean, there's all sorts of things that can happen. And yet they still come. They've been doing it every week since 2010. On staff, the sister's still on staff. They were my hosts, taking me around. They don't care. Goodness of God. They've tasted of something. They've experienced the goodness of the Lord. They've experienced His love. You can't stop me. What are you going to do, kill me? Goodness is following me. (laughs) What are you going to do? This is what Ephesians 1 says. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that you would know him. That's an experiential knowledge of him. Having the eyes of your understanding open, being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And love this, riches of the glory of his inheritance. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seating him in his right hand, his heavenly places, far above all princely power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also the glory of the Lord in the person of Christ, expressed right here, the riches of his glory, the wealth of his glory, the wealth of his goodness. Paul saying, I want you to not just hear my words, I want you to know them. I want you to experience the wealth of the goodness of God, the goodness, the glory, the goodness of God in your life. I would say to you today, I can can tell you all the, I mean, there's plenty of scriptures. We can just keep going about the goodness of the Lord. But at some point, 
You just got to taste and see. At some point, you just got to pull up to the table and say, Lord, more. I want to know the riches of your glory. I want to know the riches of your goodness. I don't want to just hear about it from my pastor. I want to experience it. You know, I can, and, I, and, and we do this. Heather and I do this every week. We give you 100% Bible. You are not getting fluff from us. You are getting, you're getting the meat of the word of God every week, multiple times a week if you're here. We ain't giving you the, the cheap stuff. We've pulled out the expensive stuff. You got the caviar, you've got the steak, the prime rib, you got the lobster with the butter garlic sauce, you got you got the crawfish bisque. I mean you got it all. We're just laying it out. But it's up to you whether or not you appropriate for yourself the nourishment provided. It's up to you whether or not you hear and say, Lord. I'm placing myself in a way of allurement. I want to be caught by you. I want your goodness in my life. I want your goodness in my life, Lord. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, no, nobody moving around for a moment. I want you to look this way. As you're standing this morning, how is it with your soul today? We can talk about the goodness of the Lord, but do you know His goodness for yourself? He leads us to repentance. His goodness this morning is leading you down the path to repentance. What is repentance? More than just saying I'm sorry or praying a prayer. It's a changed life. He's leading you down the path of a changed life. Are you on the path of a changed life? Is the goodness of the Lord leading you down the path of a changed life? You're here this morning. I'd say He is. How is it with your soul today? How is it between you and the Lord today? Do you know Him? Do you know Him personally? You know, all these people are following Pokemon all over the place. We have Pokemon. I, on our front door, I get back from China and I'm told we got Pokemon on our front door. So what? I thought my mom and dad cast those out a long time ago. <laughs> they followed me to Akron. Pokemon everywhere. And people, they walk up to your front, they're walking right up to our front door. Maybe you're here this morning because of Pokemon. I don't know. Everybody's following Pokemon. The goodness of the Lord is better than Pokemon. <laughs> I promise. How is it with your soul today? Maybe you're here this morning. You say, you know, I don't know where I stand with the Lord, but I want to know before I leave today that I'm at peace with God. Maybe you're here this morning. You say, I've prayed a prayer once before but I don't know where I stand today. My relationship with the Lord is not where it should be. Maybe you just don't know. Maybe you're just confused this morning on your relationship with the Lord. Before you leave today, I want you to know that you know that you know that you're at peace with God, that you have a relationship with Him, and that you're on a life journey of the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for my friends that are here this morning. Lord, if there's anyone in this place that doesn't know you, that's away from you, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now you're convicting them. You're poking them at their heart and their inner being and saying, that's you. I want to know you. I want you to know my goodness. I want you to know my love. If you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, that's me. I want to know that I know that I know before I leave that I'm at peace with the Lord. My relationship with him is where it ought to be. Would you just lift your hand right where you're at? I want to pray with you before you go. Anyone this morning, just lift your hand. I want to be at peace with the Lord. I want to know that I know that my relationship with the Lord is where it ought to be. Anyone this morning, anyone this morning, just lift your hand right where you're at. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to turn. I want you to look at the person on your right or your left. And I want you to say to them, how is it with you today? Do you know Jesus? Are you at peace with the Lord? And if they're not sure, 
bring them to the front. Ask them to come with you to the front and say, I'll go with you. I want you to know the Lord before you leave today. I, I take salvation seriously. I want everyone to have an equal opportunity to know the Lord. I don't want you to find yourself standing before the Lord saying, Pastor never told me. I want everyone to have the opportunity. Anyone this morning, praise the Lord. That's awesome. Now I want you to turn and look around you and look at all the empty seats around you, above you, near you. Go ahead, look, look, look. Yeah, look, there's plenty of them. I said this a couple weeks ago, I'll say it again. They're crying out the name of someone you know. They're crying out the name of somebody that you go to school with, work with, or in your family. They're, they're crying out the name of someone who needs Christ. If you have ears, did you know the pews talk? I hear them every week. I'm here every week. I hear the pews. They talk to me. You say, Pastor, you're losing your mind. No, they talk to me every week. You, know what, you want to know what they say? This cranky Christian said to me every week, they need the joy. You want to know what they say? They tell me about you. They tell me about what's going on in your life. You know how you sit on your pew tells a lot. Some of you just say, Pastor has lost his mind. Just go with me. Just walk with me for a second. They tell me about how they feel lonely because nobody's sitting in them. They tell me about how they used to have someone sitting in them and how the lost person, they remember the lost person that used to sit in them and how they got born again. placed in your life that needs to be filling up one of these seats. Happy pews make happy pastors. Just saying. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray for my friends this morning that they would know the goodness of heaven in every area of their life. Lord, I pray that they'll know the abundance of your goodness. They'll know the abundance of your goodness. Lord, they won't get focused on the distractions of life, but they'll be captivated by the abundance of heaven. They'll be captivated by the abundance of your goodness, Lord, that's being poured out, that's following them. Lord, instead of being distracted by the things of the world, they'll be able to turn to their right and see the goodness of the Lord. They'll turn to their left and see the goodness of the Lord. They'll look ahead of them and see the goodness. They'll look behind them and see goodness. Lord, everywhere they go, goodness is following them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.